Welcome. You're listening to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprises throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour radio program recorded weekly at WJR in Detroit. During the spring and summer of 2015, only the second hour of our show, which features listeners' questions, is heard live each week from 5 to 6 p.m. every Saturday on WJR 760 a.m. in Detroit. However, both hours of this show are available each week on this podcast and are available to all of our affiliates across the state of Michigan. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor Podcast. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998 with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the producer of the program and also the co-host of it. We have a wonderful show ahead of you. This is the beginning of a new era, the dawning of a new era for Internet Advisor. We've got a brand new website we're going to be talking about and a brand new way for you to tune into the Internet Advisor. That's all coming up here on this program, so please stay tuned with us. It's a great new day here on the Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Delighted to have you with us. And for those of you who joined us with our podcast, welcome, welcome. And for our affiliates, we're delighted to have you in tune with us as well. It's a great day here at the Internet Advisor. As I said in the opening, it's a very special day for us because it's kind of a, a brand new era dawning for us here. Let me introduce the crew who are in studio with us and give you a little better idea of what's going to be going on. Mr. Gary Baker, good to have you here. Great to be here. What a wonderful crew we have here. The studio is full of really creative people. It is. It, it, you could just, the air is electric with it. Is that, I think that's what it is. Or maybe somebody didn't put their deodorant on today. I'm not quite sure. In any case, we have Mr. Ed Rudell is with us as well. Good, Ed. Always great to be here, Foster. Thank you. And the man from the mountain as well. Which Mr. Cal Carson. Which mountain are you talking about? The oh. Apple Mountain. Well, yeah, well, then you got Yosemite and you got, you know, Mavericks. Ah, so those exactly are all mountains it. that you'd like to go to. <laughs> but I would like to introduce our very special guest for this program, and we'll tell you why in just a moment. And that's Mr. Vince Mileski. Vince is the boss at Visual Compass. He used to be called VC Web Design, but now Visual Compass. Vince, back, back in the old days. Back in the old days. Good to have you with Good us. Good to see you. We've been around for a long time. We've known one there for a long time. Uh, wow, it's been, what, seven years, I maybe? I think it is, yeah. Right, yeah. Is that a good thing? I hope it is. Okay. He seems to be doing he's, well. He, hasn't, <laughs> he still has to come around. So he hasn't suffered for it, I don't think, too much. <laughs> and you've got a partner with you. We're going to be talking with a bunch of people from your uh, your office, but um, we're delighted to have Brad Thornhill as well. Brad, good to have you as well. Thanks for having me. Pull that microphone a little closer to you. It's it's tame. Get real, get it real close. Turn it on. There we go. I, let's see. If we're, there you go. Brad is the man. See, part of this is he's the man behind the scenes, right, Brad? Absolutely. He he cleans up after me. <laughs> quite literally. And that is quite a That's task. Quite li- yeah. Vince used to have that job. <laughs> yeah, I, I handed that off. Yeah. Smart man. That was too much. <laughs> smart man. Yeah. 
Vince was the guy with the shovel and the broom who followed me around. <laughs> what we're teasing about is that, uh, Vince, you folks have, uh, have done a great job of, uh, and there's been a process that's been going on for quite a few months now, of developing a brand new web for, website for us. Yeah, you were due. <laughs> we were very much due. It had, uh, yeah, it had hair. It needed a good cut. And Brad, you were the person who, behind the scenes, who had been doing the coding for it as well, right? Absolutely. And the person who has been, as I say, cleaning up after me when I've done something that I didn't know what I did. But uh, it, it ended up being okay because you have done a very good job of helping us to, to get it straight. Let's talk a little bit, Vince, about the process that goes into making a website. Maybe kind of take a look at the, the long view of what it took to get to where we are right now. <laughs> well, um, there's a lot of steps that go involved involved in a building a website and a web presence. Um and it's not just the website anymore. It's it's the whole digital presence, which includes you know the media, the content, the marketing, the behind the scenes structure. You know, as you've been learning. Yeah, even down to the kind of uh, typeface that you're going to use for it, which is very particular for some people. Uh, very, yeah. very, yeah. Because we, we've had uh, day long debates about typeface. <laughs> yeah, but things like that are the things that set the tone for a particular website. The details it, matter. It, it sets out the actual uh, style and the brand of that particular person that's doing it. Correct. For sure, definitely. and that is absolutely yeah. the reason we could never do this. We yes. need somebody creative and, and smart about these sorts of things, and that's why we've asked uh, Visual Compass right. to come in and help us, and and they yeah. have, and it's wonderful. And when you look at our site and all. Of the other sites that they've created over the years for their clients, you could see everyone has a very individual uh, look and feel yep. because they make it work for that particular this client. Pretty, this is a pretty cluttered feel. What made you dare to get into this? Huh, well, it wasn't that cluttered when I started. I started in the beginning. Um, everyone way followed back. me in. The yeah, dawn way of back. Time. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we do things a little differently than other people do, I think. Um, we, uh, we're sort of like partners more so than a lot of other companies. We... Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've done a lot of training with you. We like right. to teach our clients how to sort of fend for themselves, mm-hmm. which is a little different take. And that's certainly the reason you've grown like you have, because yeah. people come back, they tell their friends, yeah. they they tell their friends, and and it's a wonderful way to to grow is through that word of mouth, the customer satisfaction. That's the, that's the best kind of customer you can get is someone yeah. who's been referred by someone else. Yep. Absolutely. Now, Brad, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the the vehicle that you've used to develop this uh, WordPress. Mm-hmm. Why choose that vehicle? It's very user-friendly. It's very um, easy to edit and update. You don't have to have a lot of training in order to maintain your own website once it's built. Yeah, provided you get enough training and you have somebody to catch you <laughs> training is when <key>. you fall. <laughs> very, very true. And which is very important because while WordPress is an open source, am I right? Correct. Uh, so, um, and there are very many different kinds of themes that you can use. Lots of tools in that basket right now, and it keeps on growing. It, it'll continue to grow. The The user base and the people who support it are phenomenal. It's, mm. uh, it's really grown since its uh, inception. And I think one of the important things for me in this area is that when uh, we were in the process of developing the website, that I had somebody behind us like Brad who mm-hmm. could essentially catch us because I literally crashed the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I uh, saw the email last night as, like, uh, <laughs> as it was going back and forth and, 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 and Brad was saying, it's okay, Foster, calm down. I'll put it back up for you. <laughs> ba- backups are key. Backups are Backups are yeah. key, yeah, exactly. But it's a learning process and it's something you do together with the client. Absolutely. Um, and it's so important to have a big team. Now, you matter of fact, we're going to be talking with some other members of the team. Uh, Courtney Jones, who's a 
director of business uh, development. Uh, Eddie is a video director, and he's been, uh, matter of fact, the one who put together that wonderful video that's part of this. And uh, Megan and, Holler. And an Emmy Award winner. Emmy Award that's winner right. as well, we should Eddie mention. Eddie Fritz, yep. And Megan Holler is going to be with us, digital marketing, and Brandy uh, Deming is going to be talking about client support. So, well, folks, what we're going to be doing is talking about the process of, of putting together a website, our brand new website, and I hope that you can enjoy this. We'll talk about some of the features that are in it. But maybe if, if you've been thinking about doing a website yourself, this is something to pay close attention to because we'll be talking about many of the components that go into making what we hope is a great new site for the Internet Advisor. Back in just a minute with folks from Visual Compass. It's a very special day here at the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, and we've got a whole bunch of people in studio with us from a company called Visual Compass. And the boss is here with me, and that is Mr. Vince Mileski. Vince, of course, thank you very much for all the work that you've done to bring us a brand new website. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to work on. And it was a process, too, wasn't it? Uh, yes, and... Uh we like to think our process is a little bit better than some other people's process, and um, hopefully you experienced some of that. Uh, yes, I did. And, and matter of fact, let's talk about the process, because folks, you want to, some of you might hear about uh, developing a website and wonder what goes into that. Well, this is a kind of a pulling the curtain back a little bit, and uh, with us in studio to talk about some of those elements is Courtney Jones, who's the Director of Business Development. Courtney, good to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for being here with us. And Megan. Megan Holler is with us as well. You are the digital marketing manager, right? That's right. Thank you okay. for having me. Let's talk about the process then that we began to go through so people get some right. idea. What is it? When I say, when I contract with a company to to create a website um, and it's Visual Compass, what am I beginning? What am I getting into? Well, in, in the old days, you would go to a company like ours and you would spill your beans on the floor and say, "This is I want everything on this list right here. Yeah. And then someone would go off and try to build it exactly the way you described it, and then you'd come back and they'd say, no, that's not what I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we do things a little differently. We do things called in an agile methodology where we do lots of checking in mm-hmm. to see how things are going and then adjusting accordingly. Pretty iterative. Build a little bit. Yes. You like that? Okay, I'll build a little more. Sometimes as short as a week yep. in between. Yeah, so. that's great. Right. So, great way to do it. Courtney, where do you start in the process then? So I start um, when you first come to us and you say, this is what I think I need. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually people have an idea in their head of what they think that they want, and then they start talking to us. And it's our job to pull all of those elements out of you and really gather the specifics. We want you to be as specific as possible. Yeah, because I don't really know. To be honest with you, when I sat down with you folks the first time, I'd never developed a website before, and I didn't know exactly what we wanted. Right. And so you depend on our collaborative staff to sort of guide you and let you know what our best practices, um, you know, what our creative ideas are. We're really getting to know your brand and your identity, mm-hmm. and we want to make, you know, the best digital presence for you. So as specific as possible. And I think what happens a lot of times is we might see something on somebody else's website and say, mm-hmm. wow, that's the art of the possible. We can do that. And then you say, yes but you have to continue to make sure that you're there and you're updating it all the time and and you kind of bring us back down to the art of the practical and I think that's really a very fundamental need that uh, you provide to your clients. Yes, absolutely. We provide guidance the whole way so we can tell you, you know, that's probably not a realistic thing for your budget but here's what you can do. Right, and that's helpful, very helpful. And uh, Megan then, in terms of digital marketing, how do you figure into the process? So a lot of times um, I'm brought in after a client already has an 
existing website, but they need to get it out there. So whether uh. it's search engine optimization, getting found on Google, Bing, and Yahoo, or it's Google AdWords, or it's other digital advertising, um, that's where I come in, and that's where my expertise so, lies. Yeah, it's not like a field of dreams. If you yeah. build it, they will come. They don't, it doesn't, they don't even know it's happen. there. It doesn't happen. <laughs> You're standing out there in a field all alone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and we do a and lot. Um, oh, sorry. And the oh, launch, too, yeah. where you know we make sure that the website's set up in a way that the search engines can read it. So at least you have the ability to be found on launch. But this is sort of an extra effort when you really want to get out. You know, and then somebody like us, we, we rely sometimes on some advertising and whatnot. So um, you uh, can use Google Analytics. There's other analytics tools, but you'll help us figure that out as Absolutely. well so that we can really tell what our customers or prospects are doing on our site. Absolutely. And we, we have a practice of looking at the Google Analytics every month and we analyze, you know, where are they coming from? What are they doing when they get there? Where can we improve and what's working and what's not? So yeah. that's very helpful. Very helpful. Vince, what, what are some of the trends nowadays in terms of, of website design uh, that are helping people to, to really make an impact rather than being just another face in the crowd? Well, one of the keys is to making sure your your site is compatible with all devices out there. You know, the old days where Very you important. built a static site that worked on one computer is a long gun. You know, right. Not so everything's, you mean everything's, everything's mobile. mobile. You know, you got the new Apple Watch out. So mm. there's lots of platforms that you have to have to think about when you're building a site. That's right. I, you know, video is part of what we've done with this with Eddie Fritz, who is your uh, award-winning uh, producer yes. here. And, so, and by the way, folks, if you go to internetadvisor.net, if you scroll down the page a little bit on our uh, program for today, um, I, just, I put the title in Look Ma, it's the Internet Advisor <laughs> Show. Eddie did a wonderful, about a three-minute long, I think, uh, piece yeah. uh, that uh, really caught the flavor of our show. Yeah, I was just delighted. Video is definitely the, the next the next wave of of things you have to have in order to have a really positive digital presence. You know, when people yeah. come to you and, and want to build a website and they want to put video on, yeah. you don't have to have an Emmy Award winning video <laughs> you producer. You don't, but it helps. But it does help, doesn't <laughs> it? <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there used to be a day when having a website kind of like put you out front of your competition. Yes. Yeah. yes. Now, now the website's the base. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a website, That's a good then point. you don't exist. But you need something else. You need the, the content, you know, the, the video, the the photos to really put you in front. And more and more, we're going towards video, yeah. right? More and more. People are lazy. They don't want to read. Courtney, is it true that, that more is not necessarily better in terms of websites? That's correct, uh, especially when it comes to content. You know, you need a variety. You need visual content. You need video. Like we said, content is king. Well-written, engaging content, that is what your users want to see matters far more than having 3,000 words on a page. And Brad, I think that's where you come in in terms of helping with the content, keeping it going, and making it accessible to the user, to the, to the client. Yeah, a lot of that is, is, how you, is how you code it. So you have all sorts of tags and everything that you can use to really help Google um, find you and index you and um, sort your site correctly. Well, for instance, I had done some work on this in terms of the the definition, pardon me, the uh, kind of the little bios that go under the, the the host name, and I put too much content on. And you were saying that you needed to shave that back. So more is not better in that can, correct in that instance. So it's a matter of carefully measuring out the content as well. Correct. But also training monkeys like me, aging monkeys, to use uh, the process properly is that's a real challenge. Not so much. I, it's just, it takes time. I mean, you're not going to yeah. learn it overnight. Right. 
Right, but there are more. What I noticed he's with being this, kind, Foster. he is being this, very kind, <laughs> and we are not going to go into the fact that I crashed the whole thing this morning earlier on, um, uh, and don't know what I did. But uh, one of the things I find is that there are far more tools now to use behind WordPress that weren't there before. There's a lot of there's a lot of tools. There's a lot of um, tutorials you can build your own tools based off of somebody else's. Um, there's websites out there like ThemeForest.net that have a whole slew of things that you can use um, from themes to plugins to everything for WordPress. So, Brad, a lot of times, um, because the community is so rich and so many developers developing themes and capabilities um, for WordPress sites, sometimes it's hard to figure out which one to use and which one's better than the others. Like a blog reader is not always, you know, you'd have to pick between a number of different uh, competing sometimes uh, functions on uh, on the WordPress sites, right? Yeah, it all it all depends on what you really want. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you'd search those themes based on what you're looking for, whether it's an online e-commerce store or you're looking for right. um, just to show off your photography images. Mm-hmm. So we, there's we, all sorts of themes there. We definitely help with that. We, we yeah. have experience but, with lots yeah. of these themes and that's tools. Why we, that's so, why we come yeah. to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can narrow the field Megan, down. Megan, is there a secret sauce for a site to, to really get the click to work that you found? Oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be able to get it done a lot faster. If it faster. was easy, everyone would do it. Unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, but, you know, thankfully we understand that there's a holistic approach to all of this. And so not only, right. you know, we talked about content and we build the content in the correct ways, but then we're also maintaining it in the correct ways so that you can be found. But it is, it's, it's a lot of little pieces and parts that work together and we look at it holistically. It is much more a symphony mm-hmm. than it is one or two pieces people making this whole thing happening and uh, we're looking at some of the people who are involved in that courtney jones is the director of business development megan holler is the digital marketing manager and brad thornhill is the lead developer along with the boss here vince who have been pulling together our brand new website which is the internetadvisor.net hope you'll take a look at it and see some of the things that are on it we're going to be taking a break and when we come back on the other side uh, we're going to be talking about client support and maybe um, some of the key things for keeping up a website and keeping it going after you've got all this wonderful development in it. Hope you'll visit the site internetadvisor.net. Especially watch that movie that we got there. It's really excellent. Look, Ma, it's the Internet Advisor Show. My hat's off to Mr. Eric Dorsch, who's our engineer. He's been doing a great job of uh, juggling grenades here. (laughs) We've been having quite a time here with every microphone open in our studio. We're delighted to do that. But Eric, great job of handling that. Visual Compass is the name of the company that has helped to develop our brand new website, which is if you simply go to internetadvisor.net, you'll see how it looks. It's a great new look and there's lots of new features there as well. With us in studio, Vince Schmileski who is the boss at uh, Visual Compass. Glad to have you also with us as always. It's great to be here. Uh, You you guys are located in downtown Ypsilanti in historic Depot Town. Depot Town. It's a great place and and, uh, a great place to visit as well. Now, one of the things we're going to talk about right now in this segment as we kind of wrap things up, uh, Brandy Deming is with us. Brandy, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. You are the client support specialist and uh, give me a little idea of what that means. So that basically means that any of our clients that call in and have an issue going on or just a question, 
they're going to get me and I'm going to try to help them as much as I can before I pass it off to someone else. Excellent. So you can help the field. You're the, uh, the help desk, essentially, in many ways. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you direct the traffic, at least, for that. Absolutely. Also with us is, is Courtney Jones, who's the Director of Business Development. You know, uh, one of the things we were seeing, Vince, uh, during... Oh, and Eddie Fritz is with us, the, the, the man. Excuse me while we bow for a moment to the award-winning uh, Eddie... Eddie, what was the the award that you got? Just to brag a little bit. It was uh, for graphic arts. And it came from? So we did a, a, a field guide uh, video kind of outlining our services. And uh, we did it in kind of an interesting way. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it, and you picked up won. an Emmy, right? Picked up an Emmy. So. That is really great. Congratulations to you again. Eddie also was the person who developed that wonderful video that had, I think all of us are used to radio. We're delighted to see us captured the way you did. It, you really captured the experience of radio, uh, the kind of the things that go on behind the scenes. And thank you for that. Great job of that. You'll see that if you go to internetadvisor.net. Hey, Vince, to kind of wrap things up and kind of put a bow on it, uh, there may be people out there who are, are, are listening right now thinking of, uh, hmm, I think I'd like to do something like this, but maybe have taken a, a shortcut, you know, thinking I'll do it myself. Yes, and, and sometimes that's okay if you have little expectations and want something really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had lots of clients come to us trying to do it themselves or do it on the cheap and end up costing them more money in the end because they have to redo things and uh, move things around that they didn't expect to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's good to have at least a chat with a group like us just to well, see what's possible. Courtney, what are, what are some of the things you've run into with people who are hesitating about you know, saying, okay, I'll let you guys do the development. We have lots and lots of clients that come to us with the, um, you know, the old, my neighbor's nephew <laughs> took a couple of classes, said he would help me out. I gave him, you know, 2000 bucks. I have nothing. Ouch. And I have no access to my site. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so Ouch. we have lots of horror stories, but we, we figure out ways, you know, to, right. to help everybody. Right. Exactly. Uh, Vince, I know that this whole process is one that people, I, I maybe it's a little daunting. They think... Boy, this is going to cost me a fortune. What does it, what does it take to make a, a website happen? <laughs> the old question: How much is it going to cost it's me? It's everybody's favorite question. Yeah. Yep, it's sort of like asking how much the house is going to cost. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> how um, many stories do you want? Yeah, right. exactly. But um, we can be surprisingly cheap. I mean, if if you're uh, looking for a presence and you want, you're not your expectations aren't very high for you know the kind of custom design you want and the features you want. It can be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the low end is two thousand and up, but Okay. Uh, if you if you talk to us, we can usually work something out. Sure, sure. And we have an alternative where you know if that's not your budget, we do a class where we can do a DIY class for you. Oh, really? You'll spend half a day with us, and you'll use a pre-built theme, and we'll help you. And it's it's cost effective for people that are starting out that don't have that kind of budget. And Brad Thornhill, you as a developer, there are themes that people can simply plug into and and get working on with WordPress in particular, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you can. There's a number of themes out there. A lot of them are are free. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pay for a lot of them. Most of them, the good ones are around fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One benefit we offer to clients is we offer a monthly free class. You can come in for an hour and, and ask questions about your WordPress site and. Oh, excellent. So. <laughs> I'll make a point yes. of putting it on my schedule because I got lots of <laughs> I questions. I expect to see you every month. <laughs> every month I'll be stopping by. Brandy, do you have, you've been doing this uh, client support for a little bit, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Almost a year now. Uh, what, what's the experience been like for you? It's been great. It's really interesting to learn a lot about this industry, and I really enjoy 
talking to our clients and helping them out along the way. Ever had any memorable questions? Remember ones that... Uh, not that I can recall them. <laughs> <laughs> she gets everything. Sometimes uh, we have people ask us, you know, their Comcast is out. And they, they need some help. Yeah. So that's that's a memorable one. <laughs> Excuse me, that's not my department. <laughs> Eddie, I know that uh, visual images now are a very big part of, of websites. Um, what are some of the ways in which visual elements are being incorporated? Besides, for instance, the excellent the one that you the video that you did for us. Well, I think over the years we've gone from text to photos to video, and uh, you know now you know everyone can have access to um, video on their mobile devices. So uh, as technology has improved and become more efficient, um, it can reach your audiences wherever they're at. Would it would be safe to say, Vince, if you don't have video and you're serious about a website, you're seriously missing something? Yeah, you're definitely behind your comp- competition if you don't have some sort of video presence. Yeah, um, video is the second largest search. Um, behind Google itself. So you know, if you go to YouTube, mm-hmm. people are finding their information there. You know more, that, more and more. We've talked about that in terms of instructionals and things like that, that YouTube yeah. is becoming a huge place yeah. to look for right. uh, information. And people don't want to read, so... <laughs> video video works great. Yeah, being able to to see something or, you know, yeah. experience it, you know, show rather than tell, um, I think is just... It's easier to digest information. Can you get too many bells and whistles so it becomes a distraction? You can. Yeah, you can. You know, with any communication, you can yeah. uh, have uh, unnecessary noise or, you know, something that isn't unsuccessful in getting your message across. You know, it comes back to me again, this image of a symphony of everything having its place and being well-tuned and having a conductor, right. if you will, that to make sure that, you know, that the video section isn't too loud or whatever else it may be, that uh, the site isn't too complicated, right. uh, but it's Keep, really... Keeping it simple is hard sometimes. Keeping it simple still is really important, isn't yes, it? It is. For all the bells and whistles that are there. Vince, let's talk about how people maybe who are listening right now can get in touch with Visual Compass, your company, and uh, start the process. They can go to vcwebdesign.com and they can find out a little bit more about us or fill out a contact form. Okay. And then uh, that after that, I would imagine, Courtney, is where you would pick up with somebody at that point. Right. That's when I start talking to uh, the prospective client about what they're looking for, what their goals are, how we can help them, and really gather the specific requirements of their project. And I would imagine that meeting is an extremely important one. Cal, you had a question. Yeah, Vince. Do you just take care of web design, or are you a full-service shop? Full In service. other words, can you take them from hosting, web design, maintenance, the whole shooting match? You you can cover the entire we, we do it entire gamut if they need it. We, we have a whole staff of people who can handle every component of the digital web presence, from the design, development, the content creation, video, photography, and then the maintenance marketing. And I know you folks will be handling, for instance, our email as well for us. Yes. So the whole package is there. It's very important. And then once it's done, we don't leave you alone. We, we, you better we, not. We help you along <laughs> um, with the monthly classes, with ongoing maintenance support, um, and then technology changes. So uh, You know, the business about the, un, uh, the ongoing classes is, is important as well because I'm learning a new skill, to be honest with you. Broadcasting is something I've been doing for 40 years, and it's kind of like falling off a log for me. But... This certainly isn't, and I'm fascinated by it because it's uh, um, it, it's really kind of neat to see uh, you can tweak a cer- certain few things, and when you look at how it comes out, it's really special. You know, you got these different uh, ways of attracting people's attention and serving people as well. Yeah, it's, it's and well, you have to be a little careful. You have yeah. to know uh, your your limits. Yes, exactly. Yes. Now, by the way, Brad, one of the things that I hope we can develop as we go along will be a forum. That was something that we had done before, and that we hope to be able to do again. 
Yeah, that's already installed on uh, on your site currently. We just have to link it all up and Excellent. get it going. So you'll have to uh, put the topics in and do all that stuff. And Great. once that's done, then we can launch it. So, folks, as you're hearing here, that's something we have had in the past. People loved having a forum that they could step into and ask a question when we weren't on the air, for instance, and that was really served people well. That's coming back again as well. And uh, we will continue to be able to, uh, you, during the week, for instance, you can hit the Contact Us button, then you can send us an email with the questions uh, that you have for us there. And I'd like to hear some feedback if uh, people have mm. suggestions. Absolutely. Matter of fact, there's a comment section I saw at the bottom of the uh, the forum. Am I right? Yes. Right. So you can uh, go on there, make some comments about the site. We'd love to get feedback from you to find out more about what's going on. Let me mention one last thing, and that's podcasting. And in just a moment, we're going to be talking with uh, Bob Waltenspiel from uh, IT and the D about the brand new network that they're developing that we're going to be part of. How does podcasting tie together with these websites? Uh, it gives you another avenue for bringing in uh, users, listeners, um, much like social media. You know, the more avenues you have, the more people you can reach. And this is a great way of taking the content that we do here on the air, for instance, and getting it out to people. And It packages it in a very easy to... Uh, take in. Yep, exactly. Vince Molesky, thank you so much. And Brad Thornhill, Courtney Jones, Eddie Fritz, our award-winning producer, thank you again for a great job you did. Megan Holler and Brandy Deming, thanks to the whole crew here for being with us in the studio and for the great job that you've done. We're going to continue on, folks, in just a moment with uh, Bob Waltenspiel from IT and the D to talk about a remarkable podcasting network they're starting and we're going to be part of here with the Internet Advisor. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, Cal Carson in studio, and we've got a lot of people in studio. One of the people I'm delighted to be in studio with, and I think I missed you the last time around, Bob Waltenspiel, is uh, a man who is one of the people behind IT in the D, which is the hottest podcast coming out of Detroit right now. Bob, good to have you with us. Absolutely. This is, uh, what, third time for me, so I must I have, uh, I don't know what you guys are glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> last, we, last time they ganged up on us, all three of them were. And, and without you, Foster, we were outwitted. Oh, uh, it was. I, I listened to the content, and it was a ball yeah. having you here. I Team the D, by the way, folks, is a brand new podcast, a, a relatively brand new. You've been on for a little over a year now. Two years. Two years now. Yeah, we just we just wow. recorded one hundred and three. Wow. So uh, two yeah. years of putting up, and you've got your own brand new studios now in um, Ferndale. Ferndale. In Ferndale, right on Hilton Road, uh, just just north of Eight Mile. Yeah, beautiful new studios. I had a chance to visit them there. I love that area. I love the studios. It's kind of it's kind of neat because it's all like part of the cutting edge of the new Detroit around that area, really, in many ways. Well, that, you know, that was one of our issues is leaving Detroit. And we said, well, we can see Detroit from the window from Ama. Yeah. So I guess we'll be all right. But yeah, no, Ferndale's, you know, we're in a great little area with, uh, you know, Valentine Distillery and a bunch of great businesses that are popping up around there. And it's, N- now I know. I, I just, <laughs> the first thing I was going to ask him is how far it was to the next microbrew. About 10 steps. <laughs> we actually have uh, falling down beer on tap in the studio, so yeah, that's the beauty of, uh, of being in podcasting and not in terrestrial radio is no FCC. <laughs> IT, IT in the D, by the way, folks, is a podcast that uh, really began... 13, 14 some odd years ago. It was almost 15 years ago when you guys began doing your gathering people together 
to um, kind of network. Absolutely. It started in 2001, and me being a, a sales guy, I've been in IT sales and data center sales my whole career, and I used to go to events, and I hated them, you know, because you'd have to filter through 75% of the crowd that was just there to sell you something, whether it yeah. be, you know, God knows whatever they're selling. Yeah. And I said, you know, I just want, sometimes I just want to just sit and talk with, uh, with IT people. So he said, hey, IT only. And we basically built a policing mechanism and we wrote a blog series called Don't Be That Guy. So it was basically, yeah, yeah, so like you'd go to other events at seven in the morning, you'd have to give your leads or it was just, you know, it didn't work out for us. So we said, let's just do it our way and police it our way and be kind of passive aggressive in our way to police it and go from there. Am I mixing you up? Wasn't this originally like a pink slip, pink slip event or something? No, not in the beginning. The beginning was just networking. In 2008, we decided to uh, do a job fair because more than half the people there were out of work <laughs> and we're like well you know what can we do oh, yeah. and there's a ton of recruiters started showing up so we it was our knee-jerk reaction of saying hey job fairs are awful um so let's do our our spin on it and just do casual networking no suits no resumes open mingle format in a bar with we a beer plenty in your of beer yeah <laughs> yeah with a beer in your hand let's see what happens and we're up to i mean 1500 jobs have been found through those events oh, casually yeah um yeah. you know and there's no lines there's no you know um, no weight. You know, Bob, I think that that whole notion of casual is really has been the key to your success. And I, even creating the podcast that you've got going on right now, because you're just relaxing with a bunch of IT guys and interesting people from the city of Detroit that's now IT in the D every week. Yeah, I mean, Dave and I did public speaking a lot for like Michigan Shifting Gears, and we were teaching the Ten Commandments of Networking. And everybody, you know, he, him being an uber geek and me being the, the quintessential <laughs> sales guy, we're like, you guys have a good dynamic. And they said, do you guys want to do a show on Monday? And this was Friday afternoon. We're like, okay. <laughs> so literally they gave us the keys to the studio and we started recording. Um, we fell down on our face a few times. We thought it'd be fun to argue, yeah. the geek versus the business guy. <laughs> we thought, you know, hey, let's have a QA testers in and talk software. And it was got awful. And we settled in on uh, what do IT guys talk about at the bar is the format. And it's been, uh, it's been working Huge so far. Hugely successful. And I mean, the measure of your success now is that your podcast alone, I think is up around regular list. Did I hear three hundred thousand a week? A week per show? Yeah, we just hit ten million total listens um, wow. at, at, from from uh, one of our hosts. So we didn't even count the other one. But yeah, it's we're getting two hundred fifty to three hundred and twenty thousand listens per show per week. But again, it's they're okay. not listening live. They're they're listening yep. on the consumable format, which yep. w- that's what makes podcasting all the more. Uh, and I think what's what's exciting for us and that we're now going to be a part of is that you've gone from being just IT and the D, which has been hugely successful, you now have created a network. We did. Um, you know, we started, you know, jumping into the podcast business. We never really listened to one before we did the show. Um, so we had a lot to learn and we dove in head first and we started learning and we're like, you know, all the guys that are doing it well, from NPR to Kevin Smith to Mark Marin, they're, they're, they're part of networks. They're, they're... Leo Laporte. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. They have 12, 13, 14 shows and we decided um, we have this beautiful studio mm-hmm. um, that's not being used you know all week except for our little show let's let's open this thing up and start getting some really cool people to do great shows and that is what you've done then and is there a name to this beast yet podcastdetroit.com we figured we'd we, uh, we'd say it what it is right i never starbucks coffee right you say <laughs> what the business is and uh so podcastdetroit.com um we didn't run anything goofy um but yeah we were uh four or five shows right now have started to record um, we were oh cool yeah we're and we're also doing syndication so basically the whole thing is hey let's bring in a, a community of, of great shows and because it's different I mean the reason doing this it's difficult to find another podcast you like 
Um, mm-hmm. If you say, hey, I like technology shows, you hit that hashtag technology on, on iTunes or wherever you're pulling your podcast from. It could be anything. Yes. So this is, you know, yeah. this is a very niche way to find other like-minded podcasts. That so you these other to. podcasts that are coming in aren't necessarily technology podcasts. It could be the Meat Channel. Yep. It could be Snowball Channel, yep. something like that. Yep. There's, there's, we have a boxing show. Um, the undercard, he's a, he's a handicapper in Vegas. We have a, a, a guy that's the, one of the bass players from Uncle Cracker and a couple other country bands and, and a comic book artist talking about basically pop culture and, and music and, and art in Detroit. So we're, we're branching out. We don't, you know, if I had 12, 15 IT shows, I think we'd lose our collective minds. We like talking about <laughs> other stuff too. <laughs> what I love about it, and but Detroit is the common flavor. Am I Absolutely. Right? That is the neat part about it, I think, guys, is that this is really uh, sourcing all sorts of cool things that are going on at every level on culture here in Detroit. Well, we found out, and what shocked us is we did a deep dive on our numbers, and out of a, a particular show, 40% is coming from Michigan. Six, wow. 60% is coming from outside. And we're seeing the, the, the normal IT hubs, which makes sense, like New York and Palo Alto and Austin, Boston, Chicago. But then we're seeing countries, too. Like We looked at the last 30 days, and we're getting 20, 30 countries have... 2,500 plus listens. I'll be there. Um, a lot of them are tied to military bases, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting how people are finding us and why, right? We're, we're a niche within a niche being Detroit IT community, and uh, here we are with this this global reach of, on our goofy little show. Well, I love it. It's called podcastdetroit.com, and now we as the internet advisor are going to be part of that, and I'm just delighted to be able to kind of slipstream behind all the cool stuff that you guys are doing. So uh, when when people go to podcastdetroit.com, what are they going to discover there? Well, there's a, there's a schedule of shows. Um, basically, there's the, the feeds for all the shows we do, like a blog if they want to write and say who's on the air and what's coming up. So there, like I said, there's a few other shows. Um, Mojo Motown Live, which is the, the, the uh, music show. They had one of the guys from Howling Diablos uh, doing a solo in there. Um, there's basically how to become the next show so i mean it's pretty simple right there's only i think there's only like four or five tabs um it's you know here's the show here's what's coming up next and here's a recap of what's going on i love it i love the logo for it i love everything about it bob waltenspiel is uh, one of the co-hosts for it and the d and i'm just bob first of all congratulations on a great great job of creating the content that you have you really have struck a magic chord and then now this has become uh, a bigger conduit and that is podcastdetroit.com and the internet advisor is going to be part of that stream as well and we're very proud and thankful to be able to join you in that uh, in that stream we need we need help polishing up our uh, our goofy act that's why we're bringing on quality content like you guys <laughs> make us look good so you we hear uh, that, Cal? do you hear that, Cal? <laughs> we're, we're a class we're <laughs> in a class all our own i'm sure <laughs> we're excited to have you guys on board with us seriously in, in the eye of the in the valley of the blind right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> bob congratulations to you on this great thing and to dave phillips uh on it and the d and then also on this brand new outlet called podcastdetroit.com folks we will soon be you'll see us as part of that lineup as well visit that visit it often and find out more about what's going on there bob thanks again for being here thank you foster appreciate the time all right that's internet advisor and we got a brand new look thanks to the folks at uh, visual compass and uh, make sure that you stop by internetadvisor.net and watch us develop as we go on and catch us on the brand new podcast channel which is called podcastdetroit.com don't forget there's an hour number two of the internet advisor coming in just a moment you're listening to a podcast of the internet advisor show to see the show notes for this program visit our homepage, internetadvisor.net that's where you'll find past podcasts 
our toolkit of free software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, plus other resources. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact form on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget, look for us on Facebook. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. That's right, the door is open. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host and producer of the program here, the Internet Advisor, Gary, Ed, and Caller in studio. And what that means is that we're ready for your questions. It's time to get some answers to your questions about your computers. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. 800-859-0957. Gary, Cal, Ed, and myself, Foster Brown, we're waiting to answer your questions whatever they may be about your computers. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. And part of the good advice that's available here on WJR, the great voice of the Great Lakes, on Saturday afternoons and evenings. And we're delighted to be the ones who are here to help answer your computer questions. Gary Baker, my co-host here for many of these years answering questions. Good to have you here in studio. Hey, it's great to be here. And this hour, we're answering listeners' call-in questions. And people can call in and and we'll try to answer their questions and help them out. And it, it gives us an opportunity to help a lot of other people out too but just before this and it will be in our podcast so people can go to internetadvisor.net mm-hmm. we had a jam-packed studio oh, of people from <laughs> visual compass uh who developed our brand new website and yep. people should um go to the podcast and listen there are some remarkably creative people in that company and visual, talk with the people visual from compass it and the d as well and, uh, that's right bob was in bob was in to, and uh, what we're going to do there is uh, we're going to be on their podcast channel, right? Right, exactly. Uh, Eddie Rudell is also with us here. Ed, good to see you. Always great to be here, Foster. And Cal Carson, good to have you here as well. And to completely continue this shameless plug for VC, uh, guys, you want to really check out those podcasts. You really want to check out their website because they have services that can fit almost anybody yep. from the individual to the full-size business. And they have a great staff that's going to take care of you. So you want to check them out. Because they did a great job on our website, and uh, it's just a good thing. And there's a great video, right, of us, uh, oh, yes. of us there. It really captures kind of yeah. what it looks like here Behind in the studio. scenes. Here. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You know, how many times have we got listeners that called in and said, you guys should uh, put a cam in the studio so that we could see what the show live <laughs> and all, or maybe what happens during the commercial break. If you go no, to the internetadvisor.net, you can actually see what happens during the commercial break. Yeah. It and is. then you'd be sorry you ever looked at those faces. Ever. No, I'm just kidding. We all have faces for radio. We're beautiful people on radio. Yeah, and uh, Eddie, Eddie Fritz did that, and it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful video. Great but it, video. it it ought to be. He's oh, all a, kidding aside, he's an he does Emmy a award. wonderful job. Yeah, he won an Emmy. Yes. That's a, that's amazing. Not for this, but for another thing that he did. But he's an Emmy Award winning uh, video producer and produced our videos. We're so very young. fortunate to have him do that for and us. And so young. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen. Uh, one of the things that uh, you folks may have been facing out there, and we were talking a little bit in studio about this, and this would be great for calls as well, as a matter of fact. Uh, we've gotten some emails on this. People who have tried to download Windows 10 and have run into some problems. Activation, I understand, is an issue for some people as well. Basically, what uh, what I'm telling people is wait till you're invited to download it. Yes. Is, it seems to be the key. Yep. 
because yep. you have to register with a valid email address, and there might be a reason why you haven't received the invitation. Maybe Microsoft, in one of the security updates, and this is what people are speculating on, is that, uh, oh, maybe the drivers aren't quite done for that system that you have, and that's why you haven't received the invitation. Exactly. Of course, you have to be qualified to be invited for the download, and what are the qualifications needed to be well, when, invited for a download? Windows 7, okay. or, or with a yeah. valid license, or Windows yes. uh, 8 or 8.1. Okay. 8, 8.1. 8.1 or 8, yeah. I ran into something with Windows 8 that I wasn't aware of, that uh, I had installed that from my daughter on an old computer, and I thought, oh, it'll just go to Windows 10. Uh-uh. You have to update to Windows 8.1. And when you update to Windows 8.1, then you can make the transition to Windows 10. Really? Yeah. So these are kind of the things that we're running into, and you may have run into some things out there, by the way, uh, those of you who are interested in moving to Windows 10 or asking yourself, how come I can't do it yet? And um, this would be a great time to give us a call, and we'll delve into that with you. 800 859 Please don't wait until near the end of the program to make your call, because we inevitably end up with three or four calls on hold at the end of the program. And this would be a great time just to jump in right now with whatever your question may be at 800-859-0957. You know, the really smart, the really adventurous people who want to go to Windows 10 will just go out and buy a brand new computer. It'll come mm-hmm. with Windows 10. The job will be done, and then they don't have to worry about, did I get enough memory? Did I get enough this? Yeah. Did I get enough that? They'll have a machine that's ready to go with that, and we can help you try and figure out what's the best machine for and you And I as think well. that's why Microsoft released it when they did, which is an unusual time frame in the last weekend of yeah. July. And it's probably to hit that back-to-school time, you know, mm-hmm. kids are hitting back to school, kids are going to college, because traditionally their, their releases are always October 1st. You know, one of the things I think that or may have fall. also kind of confused people is that, uh, it, I know we were saying it, uh, as of July 29th, you'll be able to simply download Windows 10, and it's not quite the same, because actually... And it makes sense. I mean, how many millions, uh, tens of millions of computers are running eligible uh, operating systems that if all those things started suddenly downloading at this time, I, I don't care whose servers you have, you wouldn't be able to have the capacity for it. So what's happened apparently is that some of the ones that were the early adopters that had the upgrade got it initially quite right off the bat i was able to yeah. get it pretty quickly on a machine that i had been doing windows 10 preview on but then other machines not so right you've found it i think ed in, in terms of talking with some people yeah with some people and then also my my children's laptops my windows 8 one system received the notification months ago right away uh and uh I was talking to the gadget guy, Rick Broider, about the same time. I put a post out there later on in the day. He goes, no, it's not a virus, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I pretty much posted the same, a similar thing. Rick has a much broader audience on, on his social media than I do, but I beat him to the punch. <laughs> and, um, and uh, I, that night, so that night on the 30th or 29th mm-hmm. at midnight, I started getting my download actually the next morning. So six hours later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I did it one day later, and uh, and it worked just fine. But with my uh, daughter's computer, I found that I had to go from Windows 8 That's what you were to saying. Windows 8.1. And uh, once I had done that, it simply showed up in the Microsoft Store and said, would you like to upgrade? And then, boom, was able to do it. And very simple. Cal, you, matter of fact, when we come back, we can give a link to this. There's a site that you were talking about that has some information about what's happening when I can't install Windows 10. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, and uh, it's a reminder for you that our phone lines are open for you, as the young lady was just saying, at 
800-859-0957. Do not wait until the end of the show to pile on your questions. And uh, our mantra, by the way, and you'll see it on our homepage, is that the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Uh, because very often the question you have is one that will help a whole lot of other people. And uh, Windows 10 has been big in the news. Gary, matter of fact, we were talking uh, during the break about some experiences that you had um, and that can be kind of, you know, it's been billed as, well, just do this and, and it works. And in a lot of cases, that has been the case. It has it's been the case, yeah. Boom, simply. And is, I think generally speaking, people have said that Windows 10 has been a, but, a really... But there are some nuances to it and, you know, and I'll, I'll get through those in a few minutes after we talk to Gary about his experience. And which one was that? The one from last weekend where you were. Oh, uh, so um, last weekend, um, I downloaded here, worked fine, I got on the internet, uh, went home, and I couldn't make it work on my Surface um, with my Comcast connection. Every other computer in the house worked, couldn't make this work. Hmm. Went to the office um, on Monday, and it worked fine. Hmm. So then I contacted Microsoft, and they said, oh, you have a Surface. And I said, yes. We pushed a firmware update. Uh, I went home that night, and it worked fine. That's so, interesting. So Microsoft wasn't, it didn't seem like Microsoft was ready on their own Surface tablets. That's interesting. It right? was their own product. To get onto a particular way that you had to get onto yeah. the Comcast yeah. network. But, so, the, but, but, it, but the good news is, is that their, their turnaround time on their release of patches was, they, they, they was have, remarkable. Right. They have armies of people doing that. You yeah. know, working on that. Firmware update seems to be an issue in general, I think, with... Um, uh, a lot of the the trouble that people are having mm-hmm. uh, is that it could be a particular it could be an Asus computer right. or it could be a I've heard Dell had some problems where uh, people were not able to do because some things needed to even a, a, a recent Dell mm-hmm. uh, Leo Laporte I think was talking about that well and and a lot of times if you're behind um, my son was ha- was having trouble but he's been ha- behind on updates he uses um, his iPad most of the time he doesn't use his computer anymore mm-hmm. and so he went to update to Windows 10 and he had to go back and now he's got to download um, and, and do all the updates and one of those updates will take and invite him to to get on yes exactly so. okay. hey let's go to uh, Tim from Detroit and welcome to the internet advisor how can we help you Tim uh, yes, um, I have an a email account that I have. I want to show one of my guys how to uh, make some changes on the site, but I've given him my password, and for some reason, the system won't let him in. I've tried, uh, Word, let me see, uh, Firefox, Internet Explorer, and, and uh, Chrome, and none of them will let him in with the password, and they work fine on my computer. What can I do? Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of websites, and it depends on the hosting, have gone to uh, two-step verification. So you, they may have actually pushed a certificate to your computer. So the first step is the password. But the second step may be you actually may have a certificate in your web browser that allows you access to that website. Oh. You know, and a lot of companies are doing this. Passwords are basically, they're not going to be around much longer between, you know, facial ah. recognition and eye recognition. That People are just, are, companies are trying to eliminate passwords, you know? It is the single most um, easiest to break for a, a hacker to break in is just to guess your password. Um, the user's the, the weakest link in that chain. Right. So um, uh, who's your host? Who hosts um, the site? Secure server. So you might actually contact them and see if there's anything like that where they're um, 
okay. providing that extra layer of security. It yeah. is really to your benefit. Um, and the first thing I would do, though, I mean, I, I, is this a colleague or I would never give my password? I don't even give my child my password. <laughs> well, yeah, believe me, it's somebody that I have to trust because those are keys to the kingdom. Okay. The thing is, is that you may want to ask your internet service provider or the host if they can provide a guest ID yep, or, an, or an alternate ID for this person. And, and then you can go back and change your password and, you know, feel more secure about that. Well, you know, okay, and hopefully they like, can do that without that. charging you additional money. Yeah, you should be able to have multiple people to get right. onto your site with their own passwords, and that would be ideal, right? You don't okay, never want to give out your password because then if there's a a change that's made, you can go back and figure out who made it. If you're both using uh-huh. the same account and the same password, you can't figure out who made which which changes. Great. Tim, yeah, okay, I'll try it. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, Tim, I have a question for you. I was curious. Um, uh, what kind of an operating system are you using right now? Uh, I mean, it's Linux for this WordPress. Oh, okay, for this WordPress site. Uh, do you use um, uh, Mac, uh, the OS X, uh, the OS X uh, on a Mac, or do you use uh, a, a Windows uh, PC? Windows. Windows, okay. What operating system are you using on the Windows side? Uh, uh, it's uh, Windows 10, I believe. Oh, okay, so you have moved up to Windows 10. I, we're, I'm, the reason I'm asking that question is I'm trying to find, now this is a little over a week after the uh, the general push, I'm trying to find out what your experience was like moving up to Windows 10. I, I really didn't have a problem. They, they sent me an invitation. Uh, right. And, uh, I, I mean, after seeing it a lot, I finally did it, and so far, Hasn't been a problem. Okay, and uh, so how many? How long after that uh, July 29th date was it that you did your update? Uh, a couple of weeks, I think. Okay, so you waited a little while before you you did that. And uh, what's been what's your experience with Windows 10 so far? You, you know, I, I don't do a lot of uh, the web stuff, but for what I've done, I, I haven't had a problem. I mean, hey, it's free, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> That's the big difference for you. All right, Tim, thanks so much for giving us a call. Okay, great. Thanks. All right, our number again, 800-859-0957, whatever your question may be. We're about computers here, and our lines are open to answer your questions. Go ahead, Eddie. You know, one thing I, I was uh, noticed on mine was the uh, Cortana, the voice recognition. When I set up my Windows 10, and I put this on Facebook, that um, I went through the advanced setup, and, and for, this is the simplest advanced setup I've ever done. The only thing I did was disable two of the four check boxes, which basically allowed Microsoft to sell my uh, you know um, geographical location data mm-hmm. and provide it to its partners and and software providers you know if I downloaded anything from the Play Store and I unchecked a couple of those when I did that Cortana the the, the voice recognition system did not work really it, actually it did not even come enabled where other computers I've done uh, Cortana comes up right away and, and uh, is right there in the toolbar we're next to the start button so what I did is I did I manually started Cortana and, and for some reason I don't know why Microsoft did this I cannot think of a rationale but uh, Cortana needs to have location based enabled for it to even function Microsoft embedded mm. that within the Cortana in Windows 10 um, and I think that's wrong mm. be- but the, the only tie is is that because Cortana so much of that is tied into Bing. 
So Bing oh, yes. searches, right. yes, I could see that. So if I said, hey, Cortana, where's the uh, nearest Home Depot? I need to buy some, you know, three-eighths inch screws or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And Cortana could tell me, oh, it's on 14 mile and 70, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's the only reason. But um, I didn't like to give up that, that yeah. you know, information. There is a certain amount of, you're right, there is a certain amount of information that we're giving up in order to be able to use a lot of these bells and whistles. Is it that? Is that the same thing with Apple, uh, Cal, if you're using Siri? Yeah, they, they all work pretty much the same way. They, they want to know, by, by knowing where you are, that's the way they can be able to answer things effectively. So if Ed says, I need to get to a Home Depot, by them knowing already that, uh, that Ed is sitting in a geographic location, that's the way for him to be able to easily say, well, Ed, just go down the block, turn left, and you find it. I guess so. I mean, so I guess in my few years, you know, behind the, now that Cortana's in there, uh, yeah, I, you know, and, and it's kind of funny watching her misinterpretations of my, of my audio voice, you know, when I ask for something, you know, it was nice. I, I could say, Cortana, could you open up a command prompt for me? Mm-hmm. And she would open up a command prompt. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. But then what I did is I said, Cortana, could you open up an administrative privileged command prompt? She opened up Bing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so I, and Bing told me, or the Microsoft search engine told me how to open up a administrative command prompt. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of, a lot of, you know, this, this whole discussion of privacy and stuff like that gets into a whole bunch of craziness that when you sit down and really think about it, it really doesn't even matter anymore. Like I'll say, will you, will you allow uh, Cortana to, or, 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 or Siri to be able to know where you're at or, or if you go to a website, your location, that sort of thing, which like Google to know and you know you, you can say no if you want to but you're really not hiding from anything because <laughs> wherever your ip address is is yeah. traceable yeah. well you know that's true but on google and siri i can i could still enable the feature i mean i could disable the location-based feature and it still works okay it just won't give me the lo- the nearest location for the store that Correct. i'm looking for yeah. on the microsoft's cortana for windows 10 Cortana refuses to even operate. You know, what was interesting about this is that, can you remember the um, the campaign that Microsoft had against Google? You know, for, um, oh shoot, I forget what the name of it was, but it was like they were mocking Google for, you know, hounding you. And they're essentially using the same location services now yeah. to do the same well, thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, James from Sterling Heights, hang in there. We'll be with you in just a moment. And for the rest of you, the phone number is 800-859-0957. Back with you again in just a moment. You know, every week between 5 and 6 o'clock, you have a unique opportunity to step into our computer shop and ask questions that can help you solve problems with your computer system. Whether it happens to be a Windows system or we're fortunate to have uh, Cal in studio with us, happens to be a Mac system. We'd love to answer your questions, and it's absolutely free. It's a unique opportunity for you. So if you just kind of uh, have been drifting by the radio dial here and have found this, this is what we do every week between 5 and 6, and we have some phone lines open here at 800-859-0957. Let's go to James in Sterling Heights. James, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? I have a Dell computer that I inherited from my son, mm-hmm. and it came with Windows 7 Pro. Okay. And I put on Windows Ultimate, 7 Ultimate on it, mm-hmm. and it accepted it. And now I'm trying to upgrade it to Windows 10, and it's telling me the key is invalid. 
do I need to take it back to the windows um, of the Dell? Well, I, in other words, do a recovery backup. You know what I'm saying? Ah. Uh. I mean, it's possible if yes. you have the recovery capability. Was your Windows Seven Ultimate a legitimately a legitimate copy, to the best of your knowledge? Yes, I have the original disc on it. I don't understand why it would fail. Well, you know, it really either. doesn't matter because Windows Seven Professional and Windows Seven Ultimate both upgrade to Windows Ten Pro. But you're so, saying that it won't let him do it. Well, I know because okay. he's already Ultimate. So you're right. You could go back and you'd mm -hmm. still receive the same version of Windows 10. Yes. So that's good. Um, I guess it's how. What is it with Windows or Dell computers? When you power them up, you tap the F12 key. F12. Yes. And then there might be uh, the way to do the factory restore <laughs> on there, or we restore it back to factory settings. So have you tried right. that? Or no, I haven't tried that. Uh, that was my next approach. Is to take it back to the factory settings yeah i mean and that that would probably be it of course you have to back up all your data because i believe right. there's and it sounds like you know what you're doing um so i would do that and, and you can either back it up I, I would do both back it up um manually by dragging and dropping or whatever mm -hmm. technique you use but then also use the windows 7 uh file and migration wizard um to actually have Back up your entire user account, and that'll save your 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 desktop files, your settings, your sound events. It'll save all that, and that way, when you run the file and transfer wizard again, it'll import it into your Windows Seven Pro. And right, it probably that's what I did the the first time. Oh, it is. Oh, good for you. Right, nicely done, nicely done, sir. Yeah, oh. that might be the way to go around it. But you know, also, it's unusual. I don't know why Windows Ten isn't recognizing your Ultimate as a legitimate product. Um, that's strange. You might, and yeah, I, I didn't know if it was tied into the machine number, you know, with Dell, the machine number, and the, that it's not the original copy. I'm going to ask the Internet Advisor, because Gary does this all the time. <laughs> I'll tell you, personally, I've never called Microsoft, but Gary does it all the time. I've never called Microsoft either. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you just called Microsoft, and they said they just put down a, a patch. No, no, you didn't call them. I did. I just went out and found oh, the information. Oh, oh. I, oh okay. No, I, I, actually, I've never called them. He just, yeah, he was having a problem, and he cried out, Microsoft! And it just answered. That's what he did. Yeah, That's what answered you from on high. That was I, I misunderstood. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. No, I've heard people, when they have licensing disputes about the upgrade, they'll call Microsoft, they'll give them their license key, and then Microsoft will... Well, you know, either tell them how to circumvent the problem I have or give that. them another license key. I have done that in the past. I have actually found a phone number. And I didn't, matter of fact, I don't know where you would go to find the phone number matter now. Matter of fact, it's on Microsoft's website, and I might have it bookmarked, so I'll take another look. But yes, and, and all kidding aside, you can, in fact, call Microsoft, and they will talk to you. And if you, in fact, have a legitimate license and you're having problems activating it or getting it to work... Uh, they will verify it, mm -hmm. and then after they verify it, they will give you some sort of key to be able to work. Yeah, with that, it. I, I had, I actually had okay. that happen a number of years ago, right? Right, right, right. You know, and that's okay, a good point. So we'll that. put that on our website uh, after Cal finds it. We'll find that number and put a link on the internetadvisor.net website in case you can't find it. Okay. All right. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you very much. That's a great, great question that, that you asked. Great question, and, yeah. and a, a very interesting one too. That. Uh, and and this is the kind of thing that I'm hearing that people are are having these cases where little, they, you know, know not like, in general, yeah, not in general. Once they're upgraded, but there's like, yeah, these little snafus that that why is this happening? So that's why I'm saying it sounds like he went out to Microsoft and and tried to do the 
and tried to download manually the Windows 10 mm-hmm. update, that will work most of the time, but there's a reason why you haven't been invited yet, and I'm trying to find out what that reason is. It, <laughs> yeah, know? it seems to, it's mysterious, but one of the things that was interesting, I was hearing Leo Laporte uh, talking about this with his uh, weekly uh, uh, podcast that he does with um, uh, Paul Therott and Mary Jo Foley uh, called Windows Weekly, and, and one of the things he said, he blamed himself for jumping the gun, and because he went to Microsoft and downloaded the generic Windows 10 upgrade, mm-hmm. and it fouled up. It wouldn't work. And he said when he backed up... I don't think he when, used the word fouled. <laughs> no, I think he did <laughs> But when he restored it back to uh, you know a previous version that he had used and just waited, then he was able to go into the Microsoft Store, and boom, there it was. It was sitting there for him, uh, waiting for him, and he was able to to make it work. Well, that's good to know that this even stuff like this happens to Leo. That's good. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Leo Laporte, by the way, folks, for some of you, I don't know if you don't, if you don't know, has a a whole network of great podcasts throughout the week. Well, I was looking through my iPhone. Is <laughs> paradoxical as that is and i found the microsoft support number okay and uh, i'll just throw it out there and you can also check it on the podcast later on it's 1-866-425-4826 and that's for microsoft product support product support yes okay excellent and that's what i've used in the past and called Mm -hmm. them for things like windows for microsoft office products and 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 they will route you to whatever platform you might be on too whether it be windows or mac and you can get information and and assistance there and i might also suggest that uh doing what my son is doing which is make sure you put in all the upgrade updates first and because of that time it by doing that you maybe get an yes invitation. another good point yes right. another very good point is to put in all those updates oh you know and that's a good point if you haven't received your update remember that uh, your notification that you're eligible for a Windows 10 update, you have to realize that that's actually pushed down through a Microsoft Security Windows update. Right. So not only are you getting your security updates, so if that uh, is messed up on your computer and you've turned off Windows updates, you ain't going to receive your invitation. Or if, or if your Windows operating system is damaged yeah. or hasn't received updates because it's collecting dust underneath the bed. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're just totally frustrated and you don't want to go through all that craziness, go on over to the Apple Store, pick yourself up a Mac, <laughs> and call it a day. Now, Mac's not a perfect computer. It just looks that way next to a Windows machine. Oh, I've had my fair share of problems, as a matter of fact, this past week with Mac Mail. Oh, in particular. Yeah, but continuity works really good, doesn't it, folks? It certainly does. Sometimes (laughs) too well, we discovered during the program. Listen, folks, we have a kind of a strange situation here that we got a phone lines are open, and we've got about a little less than 20 minutes left. So if you've got a question you're hanging with out there, this is the day to give us a call because you will not have to wait in line. 800 Eight five nine zero nine five seven. Uh, I think we hit nap time at the home. Get <laughs> Cal. You know, I came across an application over the weekend when I was just rooting around on the net that was kind of cool because we all have cell phones that are laying around in the drawer, not doing anything because we upgraded to a newer phone. Hmm? And sp- uh, this works both on uh, ma- on app on iPhones, and they now also have a beta version for uh, Android phones as well. And this is from a, a, a site called Mini Thing. And what they offer is a service where you can convert your phone into a security camera. Oh, really? Yeah. And and so you, you download their app, load it on the phone, and then they offer to you cloud storage for the video that it will be recording. 
so that later on you can go back and look at it Absolutely and review it and that sort of thing. It's also motion aware, so it'll be sitting there watching the video, and if something walks by, it'll start doing things. So I yeah. had that idea and, four years ago. And then the other thing is it also is an application <laughs> that works with the if applications, you know, where you can write recipes if something happens, then do this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If yeah, then, you can yeah. write recipes for that to make that camera work under those recipes as well. Now, give me that again. Many thing is Manything.com. Manything.com. Yeah, Absolutely it's not, it's not free, but they do offer some services that you can purchase. So you can take an older I, iPhone. You can use an iPhone or an iPod Touch that has if it has a camera in it, right. and you can convert it over to a security camera. They also have it for uh, Android phones as well. It's in beta right now, but you can download it. Excellent. You know, th- what's happening right now is our phone lines are beginning to line up. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen near the end of the program. We're going to get to as many as we can. Mike Brennan, by the way, is coming up in just a little bit with his MI Tech News headlines. Let me repeat a number that Cal gave before, and that is 866 866- Four two five four eight two six. That's the Microsoft product support line. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mike Brennan will talk about some headlines with him from MI Tech News, and then we'll get back and answer as many phone calls as we possibly can uh, to Yarrow and Allen Park and some of the rest of you folks out there here on the Internet Advisor. My sincere thanks to Mike Stanley and Shannon Bailey, the folks behind the glass who have helped to make our program work today. Thank you so much. We now have all of our phone lines full, and we're at the very end of the program. Uh, we will get to as many as we can in just a moment. But first, Mr. Mike Brennan, back from vacation. Mike, how you doing? Arrested and refreshed and uh, back in action again. That's right, and I can see from your headlines that you posted here that you've got a lot of stuff you're looking at. Matter of fact, one uh, article I saw here is uh, word that there is a venture capital group that uh, is looking to raise quite a bit of money out of Ann Arbor. Yeah, Arboretum Ventures, which is a very, very successful group out of Ann Arbor, uh, filed an SEC document saying that they're going to raise a $215 million VC fund. And previously, they had raised a $180 million fund and uh, worked with Berengia, and, and they made a lot of really great, successful investments. It's exciting to hear that uh, venture capital is growing. That means that they're there to support the, the, the new industry, the new businesses that, that are growing in the state of Michigan as well. And I know that's something that you keep your eye carefully on. Another thing is, I saw a headline here about marketing technology startup Coupon Wallet is hosting a hackathon. Yeah, uh, they're doing that on August 14th, and uh, they're working with the Mobile Technology of Association of Michigan, which is one of our many content partners, and uh, they are going to be encouraging folks at the Macomb Oakland Incubator to create some uh, marketing and analytics platforms for for them. So uh, you not only create that but it would go for them, and who knows, maybe you get a partnership out of it or something. Sounds great. Another opportunity. Speaking of opportunities, uh, the season is opening, I understand, a new season of meetings, and this is for the folks out on the west side of the state. AIM West is kicking off their brand-new season coming up on August 19th. Yeah, one of the surviving technology networking groups in the state, there was a lot of them a number of years ago, and there's only a handful today, but AIM West is one of the more successful ones. They cover the greater Grand Rapids area, and on uh, August 19th, they're going to be having one of their Tech 501 social networking parties at at the Grand Woods Lounge, and it's free, and if you want a chance to uh, meet a lot of other technology professionals in the Grand Rapids area, this would be the event to go to. Well, Mike Brennan, you know, uh, we've kind of given a a 
spread of the type of headlines that people will find when they come to your site, mitechnews.com. And the good news is that you'll get all this information, plus many other resources, video and audio resources, including our podcast, that of the IT and the D, and many of the other great podcasts. Um, and you'll be able to get that absolutely free. And all you have to do is go to internetadvisor.net or go to mitechnews.com and give them your email address. And suddenly, without any cost, you'll be receiving a report that has many, many more headlines that will keep you in touch with what's going on in technology and entrepreneurship throughout the state of Michigan. Mike, glad that you're back from vacation and at it again. Well, thanks very much, Foster, and we'll do this again next week. Absolutely. Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News. Well, you know, true to form, at the very end of the program, we have our lines full, so let's dive in and see if we can answer a few of you folks here. Keith from Lansing, thanks for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Yeah, um, I just I put in the uh, new Windows 10, and of course I lost the old... Um, uh, antivirus program, which I was using on the Windows 7 Okay, program. okay. And then I went through and looked for some uh, new free software, mm-hmm. which uh, Microsoft wasn't offering, but I found um, uh, Vira and uh, one another one called, um, it, I believe it's called, um, what is it, Avast. Avast, yes. Uh, Avira and Avast are two companies that offer antivirus programs. Part of the reason, by the way, you, you find that the, those have disappeared is that uh, Microsoft has built in its own Windows Defender uh, software, but of, of course you're free to add anything else to it. So uh, what was your your question in particular, Keith, with this? Well, I found out that Windows Defender, every time I turned went back and turned on the uh, computer, it kept telling me that Windows Defender was always turned off, and I had to read. Hmm. It, uh, turn it on. This is with Windows yeah. 10, with with Windows 10, the new Windows 10. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, so I went and, uh, no, I haven't so I went, went into that. It it's, old... it's possible that that uh, when you upgraded, it's possible that you had a previous antivirus software on there, yeah. and that it it the antivirus so- software probably failed to carry over after the operating system was updated, and yeah, it's sort of stuck in limbo. That, that's exactly. Well, I did have. Well, I did have the Microsoft, uh, the old Microsoft. And a virus programming and that uh, Windows had put out right, before. right. Microsoft Security Essentials, and then that yeah. was that itself was incorporated in the new Windows eight point one, and then also in Windows ten. So, um, what are you calling about now? Did you were you successful in installing one of the other antivirus programs? Well, I did install. I just wanted to know which one would be better, or should I just uh, hopefully, uh, <clears throat> or is there a problem with the window with the uh, Windows Defender? How would I? Uh, solve that problem of uh, it keep okay. uh, me having to return it on again. Right. Every time I turn the computer on. You know, I'm not sure about that. I believe what, what should happen is if you uninstall, I mean, uh, if you uninstall either a Vost or a Vera antivirus, once those are completely uninstalled, when Windows boots up after the reboot, it should say, we notice that you have no antivirus software. Would you like us to turn on the Windows uh, Defender? I mean, that's what I'm anticipating will happen. I believe what well, happened before but, but, was that but, it was in a in a quasi-state. Hmm. Yeah. Well, before you go on but with that, if this is before I'd installed the, uh, the Avira. What happened was, before I even put that in, I was, ex- I was expecting the Windows Ascent, the Essential to continue over. Yes. But what happened, yeah. the Defender just said you have no software you have no antivirus would you like us to turn it on and i turned it on next time i turned to boot the computer up it asked me the same thing every time after that it did. Uh. and finally then i did decide 
maybe I had to add another uh, virus program because mm. Essentials wasn't there or something wasn't there. Yeah. Well, well, if you upgraded to 10 and you already had Defender on there, maybe there's a clash between the two. Try removing Defender from the machine, reboot it, and maybe the one that's buried in Windows 10 will start up and well, work Defender, is, Defender the one is, is the one that's is the one that's in Yeah, but so maybe he's got an older version of Defender oh, that I was sitting alone when it was Essentials. Yeah. So get that oh. out of the system, and then that way, it, you know, it'd be See, clear. Yeah, that's really smart, Cal. Yeah. I think that could yeah. be um, Okay. Essentials well, uh, is still buried in there somewhere then, okay. No, I, I don't think so. No. I had Essentials with mine. Something didn't go right with your update, or you actually maybe have a virus on there. I mean, it's hard to say. It's really Have you hard looked to say. back? Well, one last question for you. But, 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 but what I did is I described a technique which should trigger Windows to actually fully enable your Windows Defender uh, uh, by uninstalling your whatever third-party one mm-hmm. should trigger Windows to fully enable Windows Defender. Inside. One of the other things, Keith, I would suggest you do uh, in analyzing this is go back into your updates and see if any of your updates failed. Because okay. there may be a problem in there. Um, I tell you what, give us uh, email us at internetadvisor.net, and we'll see if we can research this a little further, okay? Okay, thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Let's try to get one more call in here, and I believe this is Yarrow from Aaron Allen Park. Hi. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Hello gentlemen. I didn't hear you for so long time. I, I have a sort of same question. Uh, I see that uh, offer installing Windows 10, and... I'm hesita- I was hesitating, is it even legit? Uh, right now I have Windows 7, and I run a vast uh, displayed version for about 50 bucks a year. Yep. Uh, and so if I do that, what would be an advantage? Except that I, my Internet Explorer from here to there, like a Hangout, you know, so would, would it save, would it uh, solve the situation or not? Uh, well... Okay. The first thing is I'd make sure you back up all your data and then make sure you have your 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 subscription to your current antivirus documented somewhere, either in an email or the security key. That way, after the update, would it, it uh, you'll have that information so you could reinstall it. Okay, I do have it. Okay, and and what was the well? Stay on the on the phone, and after the show, I'll talk to you about your Internet Explorer question. All right. This is interesting. It seems to be a question that keeps on coming up. Guys, thanks so much for being here, and folks, next week, get your calls in much earlier so we can get to all of them, and if you'll just hang in there. Jill and Tom will be with you as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Internet Advisor, and I hope you enjoy our brand new website. If you have a comment, by the way, about it, simply go to internetadvisor.net. Thanks to the folks who have made this program possible, and we will see you next week as well. You've been listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find show notes for this podcast or others, visit internetadvisor.net and look for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.